provide the fire and I'll provide the sacrifice yeah. sing you provide the spirit and I will open up inside oh you sound so good come on let's sing sing you provide the fire
children shall be holding dreams awaken in this moment spirit come spirit come pour it out let your love run over here and now let your glory Let your love run over here and now. Let your glory fill this house. 
this church await your presence and this power is within us and we will rise to be your witness to spirit come spirit come pour it out and let your love Let your glory fill this house. Pour it out. Let your love come over here and now. Let your glory fill this house. With your power. Testifying of the sun with one desire. Spirit come, spirit come, spirit revival. We'll prophesy like it's been done with one desire.
testifying of the sun. This is the story of the Son of God hanging on a cross for me. But it ends with a bride and a groom and a wedding by a glassy sea. Oh, death, where is your sting? Because I'll be there singing only sing.
my sin was great, your love was greater. So what could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name.
to share something with you real quick. Y'all have already got me torn up. I felt like I needed to say something, but I didn't know what. All of a sudden, all these names, all the names of Christ started flooding my head because he is so much to us. And I know we go the day to day and we say, gosh, I screwed up so much. I don't deserve it. But he is the one that is always there. He is the always and he is the forever and he's the healer and the creator. He is our everything. He is the name above all names. Whether we're down in the valleys and everything is coming against us and we just can't see a way out. Or we're on top of the mountaintop having the best year of our lives. Those people serve the same God. Those people were formed the same way. By the same creator, by the same healer, by the same Abba Father, by the same Yahweh. no one like him church I told Pastor Mark right before we came out we were praying and I said you know I feel good about it I'm ready to go we were all back there jumping around is it time yet and I said I feel heavy right here and he said I feel it too and I don't know what that means to him I don't know if it's a certain person that's got something heavy on their hearts tonight one of us maybe something happened on the way here maybe you've been struggling with something for years and years I have the answer for you you give it to my God because you can't carry it by yourself he says I don't want you to that is not my intentions. You don't have to carry it, whatever it is, a sickness, depression, anxiety, death, divorce. You don't have to carry it yourself. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to fall on your face and say, I surrender it to you, God, because I don't want to do it by myself. I don't want to do it by myself. That's why we have this community. That's why we have church. Because we can hold each other up. You might not be able to pick yourself up by yourself. Your knees are too weak. You've been down there too long. But I tell you what, you've got a friend on each side that'll pick you up. They will pick you up and bring you to the altar. They will bring you into the gates. They will bring you into the throne room so that you can receive the grace and you can receive the blessing that is promised to you. If you think I'm talking crazy talk, you hadn't cracked open the word lately. Because my God is faithful. And all he asks in return is that you would love him. He just wants you to love him. To accept him. And that's what we're doing here tonight. What is the reason for a night of worship? 
for you to get a concert, no. <laughs> I wouldn't sweat so much if it was just a concert. It is for us to lead you to the gates. For you to have this community, for us to build this culture for you so that you can worship the king and that you can realize you don't have to do life alone. And he doesn't want you to do life alone. It's a place for you to feel free to come and worship, for you to feel safe to come and worship in any way that you want to. If you want to sit and be still and be quiet and just listen, if you want to stand on top of the chairs and lose your mind, you can do that too. You worship however your heart says to worship. You make a joyful noise. It doesn't matter how you do it. It matters who you do it to. And that's what we're singing about tonight. We praise God, the name above all names. The Lord our God is mighty. He is mighty and he is everything. I'm ready to keep worshiping. How about you? Come on, let's keep going. We serve a mighty God. Come on. We worship you, God. We've come to lift our praise to you, God. Just 
I need to know if anybody is enjoying themselves so far tonight. We're going to take a, we're going to let the band, excuse me, take a break. And I'm going to pray. And I've got a short word for you. I don't have a TV and I don't have my notes. So y'all can get out. I'm just kidding. So y'all pray with me and we're going to get started. God, I am so excited. God, I've gotten to experience what I believe you said to me this morning, and it's that the tangible presence of your spirit is going to be in this place, and we're going to be able to feel you, experience you. And Lord, what I'm excited about is we've entered the gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise, and we get to see what happens when you change things, because God, it's awesome when a man or a woman speaks the word, but it's much better when we enter your presence, because that's where true change can take place. So God, we're excited, we're thankful, and we praise your name that's above of all names. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen Amen and amen. Y'all may be seated. I want to give y'all a chance to hoot and holler. Since you've been standing for the last however long, guys, I haven't looked at the clock. Um, I'm not going to make y'all stand up again, but I want to know, I'm not going to come back up tonight and they're going to do a couple more songs. So I just want to know if y'all want to tell our worship team. Oh, now listen to me, listen to me. We're not we, we believe in the culture of honor in this house, but we glorify God. So we're not glorifying our team. We're thanking them for bringing us to his throne. I just want to know, is there anybody in here that wants to say how grateful we are for our team, for the way they lead us? I just want to tell y'all why I love them. I've been thankful for them for a long time, but my love for them has grown tremendously, and it's not because of how good they are up here. I've watched them. I've walked with them. We went through a a group together last year, and um, I can't be more proud of them, and I wish I had time to explain, but I just want to tell you they're they're really good, but I love them as people much better than musicians, and I'm thankful for them. And I want to say that I'm thankful for one other person, or actually uh, uh, two people that are here tonight. Um, that I didn't know was coming. And it's my pastor who I call pastor. I'm just telling you, everybody needs a pastor, even if it's not this guy. I can't be my own pastor. I don't know if y'all know that. And uh, six years ago when we started our church, um, I was really pastorless. And um, this dude, for some reason, chose to love me and believe in me. When I go back and watch the tapes, y'all, I just look and say, what was wrong with you? (laughs) And some of y'all. But Pastor Dean and Miss Debbie, I love y'all, and y'all have given up your time, and you're (laughs) crazy busy in a brand new old Walmart in Easley, South Carolina, running over 2,300 people every Sunday, and we just want to honor you and tell you how grateful we are. Can y'all do that with me? Can we honor them and just tell them how thankful we are for them? Because y'all mean so much to me, and I love y'all. I'm thankful for y'all. All right, y'all have to sit down now because y'all are taking my time up. Here we go. Um, I really, I really, uh, I'm really torn because I'm so jacked up that I'm ready to preach the paint off the walls, but I don't think that's my charge tonight from the Lord. I, I think my charge is to give you uh, where we're going. I think God intentionally told me that he wants me to give a little bit of vision of where we're heading as a church. So, 
To give y'all some background, a couple weeks ago, I was in here praying. It may have been about a month ago. I was in here praying, and I got a habit of taking a break from my office and walking through here and just praying, and then I'll go back in. And it, it's a brain break, but it's really, I just love to pray in here. Sometimes I leave the lights off, which is crazy, but I'll open the door so there's a little bit of light. And I heard this as clearly as I'm standing here to y'all. I heard the Lord say, and it had probably been 15, 20 minutes, I heard the Lord say when I was back by the sound booth to open this door and look outside. And I was like, I hope no one's back there because it's going to get crazy. So I opened the door, and as clearly as I'm standing here, the Lord said, look at Joshua 1.3. I haven't told a lot of people this, and I want to tell y'all why. It's because for some reason, we as Christians get the thought in our heads that we have to be believable when all we have to do is believe God. And so I just decided, actually God decided to tell me while we were worshiping to add this at the beginning. I opened it opened the door, looked out, read Joshua 1, 3, and it says, just as I did for Moses, wherever your feet plant or go, it is your land. And so I was like, say, what you talking about, Willis, right? I knew exactly what it meant. Here's what was crazy. I don't know if y'all know scripture and it just comes to my brain. And so Matthew Chapter 18, verse 19 says, if we pray in agreement that God has done it. And the next day, one of my best friends, who's also Pastor Dean's good friend, calls me and says, bro, yesterday afternoon about 3 o'clock, I got the craziest vision from God. And it was Joshua 1-3. Y'all, I'm not kidding. I was in my office when he calls me and tells me this, and I busted out the door and said, ah, freaking go! <laughs> and like, Leah and Austin probably thought, pulled a fire alarm, something's happened, but I was just like, if it was just me, I could second guess, and I, and I do that all the time, but when, when he gives agreement in Chattanooga at the same time, I start going, God, there must be something to this. So then this is what we do, y'all, is, is if we feel like God has spoken something into us, we then try to make it work, right? We try to make it fit in our brains because we're so smart. <laughs> Maybe y'all are, but goodness gracious knows I have spent a lot of time that I didn't need to spend trying to figure stuff out that God has already done. He's spoken. And so I'm, I'm just like, how did, what does that mean? What does it look like? And, and a couple weeks later, so probably two or three weeks ago, the Lord just dropped a bomb, bomb on me. And it was the story of the Good Samaritan that I bet if you've ever been in church, you've heard Luke chapter 10 before. So I have it, and I was planning on reading. I have my Bible right here on my phone, and I was planning on reading it, but I just want to summarize it for you because the story is this. There was a lawyer who came up to Jesus who was also a religious leader, and he was like, hey, Jesus, uh, like, can you help me understand some of these, like, law things? Tell me what to do. And, and Jesus said, well, you tell me. You know the law, so you tell me what to do. And, and he said, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, good job, bro. Now go and do it. You got it. And so the lawyer does what lawyers do, right? He goes, okay, I get that, but now who's my neighbor? Good question. Change the subject. Like, awesome job. And, and so Jesus does what Jesus does, which he was better than the lawyers, right? Because immediately, instead of telling you the answer, he'll go into a story, which I love. And he said a certain man was going down, like, it's really funny. So anyway, Jesus then tells the story of the Good Samaritan, which was this dude is traveling from Jericho up to Jerusalem. It's a 13-mile stretch. Been on it many times. But I've been in a car or a bus or a van, 
right? I don't know if y'all know, this is breaking news for some of y'all. There weren't those back in the day, right? And so they're taking this stretch, and it may have been longer than 13 miles because there's mountains there. We get to use a road that they cut out. And so they're going through this stretch that's not the prettiest, fun, most fun stretch. It's actually called the Valley of the Shadow of Death, if you want to know historically, which is really cool, but we'll move on. And so he's taking this trip, and the Bible says that a thief came and robbed this man and left him for dead. And so the first cat is a preacher. The priest comes up, and he sees him laying dead on the ground, and he goes, sweet, somebody else will get him, right? The next one was a Levite. The law steps over him, and they got time for that. And then this Samaritan, which I don't have time to break it down, but let me just tell you, Samaritan is much worse than any racism we've ever thought about in this country because it was mixed, and they hated him so deeply that they wouldn't even go near him to the point that they would walk around Samaria an extra three hours so they didn't have to go through because they hated those people so much. And that Samaritan came up who was a reject, who was an outcast, and not only did he heal him from his wounds and help him and take him out and put him on his colt, but the Bible says he took him to an inn. Now, this is the important part. This is the important part. He took him to an inn. He paid for him to be there in this inn. He gave him oil to heal his wounds and wine to help him heal completely inside and out. I don't know if y'all know this, but this is free. This is a little side piece that Jesus provides us the oil and the wine, and it's his Holy Spirit. And the Bible says in John 15 that his joy will be in us and our joy will be full. Well, that's, that's the passage about the grapes, and he's the vine and we're the branches. And that's what the Samaritan offered him. And, and this is what I believe God showed me in that moment, because I'm going to talk to you about what an inn is. Because I just assumed it was like, well, Jesus had no room in the inn, right? So he couldn't get born there, so it must be the same type deal. But there's three different words in the Greek for inn, and this is not that. Along the way, I learned this, that, that y'all look this way, that they, that they set up these places in the darkest and most dangerous parts of Israel back in the day. And there's such a communal group of people that they set up these things called inns that they intentionally wanted people to have a safe place in the darkest locations. Are y'all listening to me? Now, I don't know what that's supposed to be, but I'm betting that's supposed to be church. I don't know what that's supposed to be, but I'm betting, let's get a little deeper, it's supposed to be your neighborhood, where you work, where you go. And this is what God showed me, just like I'm talking about as clearly as I'm sitting here. Boom! This is what, he, this is what I believe the Lord spoke to me is, Mark, you're not the good Samaritan. That was me. Jesus is that dude. Someone say, Jesus is that dude. Jesus is that dude. We ain't that dude. Right. But we can do what he did because of the power that he's put in us. And wherever we walk, if we do it his way, we can take the land. We can take the land. So this is the purpose of the end, y'all. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. The purpose of the ends was so that in every dark corner, in the most communal place I've ever been in my life, at the end of the Sabbath, we've been there before, and they'll just invite you in to have this celebration, and it's like, bro, I don't know you, and that's expensive, and we shouldn't be doing this. I'm like, come on, because they love community, because they understand that God made us to do life with each other. Here's the problem, y'all, is, is we believe that churches are just a building where people can come but you're the church, and when you go, it goes with you. The gospel is in you. The good news of Jesus is in you, and this is what God wants for you. He doesn't want to make super preachers that everybody can look at and say, well, 
if we got a problem, we can go to him. Because I'm not that dude. I believe I'm the dude that gets to walk with you and in some cases before you. But that's all. We follow that dude. And the only thing that he wants for us, and listen to me, I don't care where you come from, what your background is, or how much luggage and baggage you've carried in here tonight. What God wants for you is for you to be the in, the light in the really dark place that people can come and say, I don't know what I'm going to go, but I can go there because they'll accept me in. No matter what I am, no matter where I've been, they will bring me in. And so I'm giving y'all such a fast version of the picture of where we're going as a church. Will you throw them up? Uh, several weeks ago, God just really burdened our hearts to change the four-point stance. We had some awesome stuff on there, y'all. Like I really liked it. It read really well. But this is what he showed us is that, that that's a goal. This is who we are. And in culture, you've got to know who you are or you're going to try to figure out who you are. And I don't know if y'all have lived in this world for very long, but that's kind of what we're dealing with on an everyday basis. If you understand what I'm saying, say yes. yes. So, so think about the Good Samaritan and look at this. We love like crazy. We love God and we believe that you belong here. But listen, it's bigger than that. We believe that the people that you live with and work with and play with beside you, five houses down from you, they belong. And if it's not in this church building, then the first place is your home. That is the most beautiful picture of the church that it can possibly be to share a meal with you, to, to, to show people what it's like to be a Christian, to show people what it's like to walk with Jesus. It, it, it feels kind of like a Samaritan picking up a dude that's jacked up. Because watch this, the church because we think of the church as a building, that's religion has walked over those dead people because they're laying dead on the side of the road in our streets, in our lives all around us, and they've stepped over us. Guess what? Every place that our feet travels, we will take that land. How? Because we are that church. We are that church. Number two, we're open-handed. I used this a couple weeks ago in my message. I hope y'all are having fun in that series because I'm having fun teaching, give thanks. But we're open-handed. Freely we receive. This is what we believe. This isn't what we're trying to be. Freely we've received from God and passionately. Somebody say passionately. passionately. I, someday I'm praying that God will give me a little bit of that. But in the meantime, <laughs> come on somebody. We get to give and we get to serve. Watch this. I don't know where I should serve Pastor Mark at, it, because I'm not as talented as these guys. I, I'm not either. That's not the prerequisite for God wanting you to serve. If you have the ability to breathe, everybody, that's who should serve. If you have red blood cells, and you're, if, if, if you don't, like, we can go to the hospital. But like, if you have red blood cells, you're breathing. That's who's openly giving and openly serving. Somebody say, we are that church. Number three, we do life together, and this is the one I'm about to do a cartwheel, a flip, and, and then I might die, so I won't. <laughs> so on Halloween, they had this idea to do some neighborhoods, and we did it real small the first year. We didn't ask some of y'all to do it because we wanted to kind of fill it out the first year. And so I went to Franklin Point. Where's my Franklin Point peeps? Franklin Point peeps, I know y'all are in here. Don't be quiet. Where'd they go? 
Don't y'all, where are y'all? Don't y'all be quiet. All right, so I, I saw them tailgating, so they're lying somewhere, and I can't find them. Yeah. Stacy. And the Addington's, and there's a bunch of them. Anyway, it doesn't matter. There's four houses in a row, and they go to our church. And so they set up a tent, right? And we went over there after we did our trick-or-treating with our family, and we were like, this will be cool, whatever. I, my mind was blown, y'all. Like, I got in the car, and I cry anyway, so if y'all are embarrassed by a dude that cries, oh, well. <laughs> and I looked at Lee, and I was like, that's freaking it. Because we think the small groups have to be this theological, well, the Greek word for I got that. Say, okay. Y'all okay. don't have to have the Greek for so-and-so. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. This is what it looked like. I saw people, Mormon people, and, 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 and a Hindu group, and, and some other people walk in, and it wasn't some kind of, oh, those are Christians. It's scary. It was, what's up? Come have a hot dog. Come have some water. We love you. You belong. And I was like, that's it. That was the church a lot more sometimes than this place. That's it. That's what we are. That's it. That's it. So listen to me. I'm not going to leave this alone, but I'm going to let it go tonight. The reason our church is going to touch neighborhoods in Boiling Springs and in Woodruff and in Reedville and in Roebuck, and in Simpsonville, and in Spartanburg, and in Greenville. It's not because your pastor can preach better than other pastors. I feel the freedom to, I'm not worried about that. Not everybody's going to like when I preach. But the church travels when you leave the building, and we are that church. And we're going to have campuses, and we're going to have people that see us, and they don't think, oh my gosh, that pastor is awesome. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about him and what we get to do. We are that church. This is our time to step into what God has called us to be, y'all. And then this is the last one. And I'm about to blow a gasket on this one. And then I want y'all to go bananas. And we're going to sing a couple more songs. If you're ready, say, yep. We believe God. And this supersedes all the other ones. Because I love the first three. But this is the one that I'm really about. I'm about to hear. <laughs> Let me teach y'all for one minute. I don't know if y'all have been here for a while, but if you look around, this place is a little bit different tonight than it was a couple years ago. And I've had people ask me this in recent days that are pastor peers of mine about the same size and age. What's happened to your worship? Watch this. How did you get them to worship? How many times have I come to y'all and said, will you please worship? Because... We are worshipers. I don't have to beg you to worship. It comes out of us because we believe God. We worship before something happens and we pray till it does. Listen, and if God said it, I'm planting my feet and I will not move until he says go. But by goodness, we are that church and we're going to change the world. I need somebody to get up and get excited because we are that church. Come on, somebody.
let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails the anchor in the waves oh he is my song and let the king of my heart be the fire inside my incredible having a house full of people worshiping together on a Wednesday night a cold rainy Wednesday night God has been moving inside we love you guys and we're so thankful for you and everyone that has helped us with tonight all the guys in the back Woo! all of our volunteers the band wives pastor Mark and first lady mr. Alston there he is. We, <laughs> we love all of you and we're so grateful. We're going to do one more song and it's one of your favorites, Manifesto. So you guys sing along. 
Come on, let's go. Get your hands ready, church. Tonight into temptation 
salvation but deliver 